All right. Greetings, New Life Christian Church. This is for Sunday, April the 9th, or April the 5th, pardon me, Sunday, April 5th, the week before Easter. Hey, to get things rolling today for our worship to God, we are all gathered together in spirit, and uh, so as we gather here together, I want to start again with a song. I've got Brother Ray up here on the keyboards. He's ready to go for us. What song you got picked out for us today, Ray? All right, hit it. Thank you. 
Amen. Man, that was beautiful, Ray. Hey, get me another high five, buddy. We got what a way to kick this day off. Man, we're getting ready to get after it. Hey, it's a beautiful Lord's Day today. Spring is here. It's upon us. And we're getting everything ready to go. And uh, as we uh, as we prepare now for today's message for this Sunday, and I just, the pause there was as I could record, put the video recording on for the YouTube channel as well for those who will be on YouTube. Uh, let's say a prayer before we get into the Word of God today. And Father, we're just so thankful for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for your love, for your omniscience, for the essence of you, your character, that you would not allow your children, your creation, with, to not have a chance to know you and to have a relationship and to have eternal life. And Father, today we're going to study and take a look at why Jesus came. Why did he come? And why did he have to die? And we're going to take a close look and it's going to, it's going to hurt me. And so, Father, I thank you, though, for Jesus. I thank you for this entire flock and congregation at New Life and for all of those who want to be a part of New Life but are not here, they're in other areas, that they can join us in spirit just like we are together during this time. We are all your children. We are all one body and we're all together in one place, Father, right here to hear your word and to glorify and to worship and to praise you. And we thank you, Father, for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. And I started off this with, wow. Can you believe that this is already the third week that we haven't been able to gather together to worship as a, as a body of Christ physically together? We are spiritually and through these mediums, but to do it physically, it's been three weeks. And uh, there's a void in my life. And from those comments that I've received from those people who's talked with me, there's a void in your life as well. You can't wait for worship to get back to normal and these times to get back to normal so that we can be together and worship God and just enjoy ourselves. But until then, we'll make the best of it. But know that there is a void within my heart and I miss each and every one of you. But I pray for all of you each and every day as well. Next week, the world knows it is Easter. We like to call it here Resurrection Sunday because this is representing the time when the Bible speaks of Jesus resurrecting from the dead. At that third day and third night that he had spent in the tomb, he resurrected. And this week leading up to it, this is Passion Week. And it's a week of reflection. And what the reflection that I'm going to do, and I'm, I hope that you would this week also, is why did Jesus have to come and why... Did he have to spend this Passion Week and go to the cross and spend three nights and days in the tomb? Well, this is what it is. The time of reflection came upon me as this. Jesus was the one who offered himself up for us, up, up for me, up for my sins. He who knew no sin, God made to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God through Him. He took on my sins personally. 
He owned my sins upon his body on the cross for one purpose. So that I, a sinner, might have the hope of eternal life and be forgiven. You know what? That just staggered me as I thought about that. What love, compassion. No one else would do that. He had such compassion for his creation that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the king of this universe who is on the throne in heaven. The one who demands righteousness and justice and honor and is worshipped by angels decided that he wanted to do something for us. His creation that is here. His integrity and his character demands righteousness and he cannot be in the presence of darkness or sin and he is there in a perfect heavenly realm. But my king, your king, laid aside royalty. He laid aside the garment, the robe. He laid aside the crown. He laid aside the throne and stepped away and willingly left And left who he was so that he could come to this world and die for us. Philippians 2, if you want to turn there. That's going to be our first section of scripture today. Philippians chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 5 through 11 here for a moment. And it reveals to us, these verses reveals to you and I. What the mind of Christ was like in heaven before he came. And then his life on earth and that week leading up and through the cross, what was on the mind of Christ. And that's what I want to reflect upon this week. If you're there in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 5 and it says this. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, But made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. And given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Everyone is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess. Every knee and tongue that is in heaven. That is on earth. That is beneath the earth. Every tongue shall confess. That Jesus Christ is King of kings. And Lord of lords. To the glory of the Father. The thoughts that were going through the mind of Christ was not that I am royalty. That you guys are going to deserve everything that you get because you chose to be that way. I, I left it up to you and look what you've done with yourself. No. He says, this is my creation in whom I love and I am going to find a way. There is only one way. The just must die For the unjust. And I am going to provide them with the chance. It shouldn't be his problem. But he made it his problem for us. The Lord was in heaven. 
He was being attended to, worshipped by, praises sung to him by a myriad of angels. Millions of angels praising and worshipping God. But he could not stand the thought that his creation, and let's make it personal, that you and I, he couldn't stand the thought that we would never have the opportunity to see his realm where he reigns and to see his face unless he did something about our sins. And so he took it upon himself. He couldn't bear that thought and he removed the robe and the crown and stepped away from his throne He was the very essence and form of God Most High, God Almighty, and He gave it up. And it says this was what was going through the mind. That even though He was existing, it says there in chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. That even though He was existing as the very form, the very outward expression of God, of who the inner essence is, He considered it not and that word means that it wasn't the highest priority it wasn't the highest priority of our lord to remain as god and being worshiped he considered it not a priority to be worshiped but what he thought was the highest priority of all was the welfare of you and i and for us to have the hope of eternal life therefore it says that he emptied himself You know, that means to make unreal. That means to deprive of what was there. When you have a glass and you pour it all out, it is empty. It has emptied itself and now it is no longer has real there. It is deprived of that. The Lord emptied himself of being God. Of being worshipped and the king. And he had all right to be for he is holy. And yet he said, I will empty myself from my creation and I will leave this realm and I will go down to them and it says in verse 6 after he emptied himself that he felt that being in the form of God wasn't something to be grasped at it wasn't like robbery to hang on to being God he willingly gave up himself to come down here It was something he chose to do within his heart for his creation. He willfully left the glories of heaven, emptying himself. And I cannot imagine why he would do that. And then verse 7 says this as it continues on. Besides emptying himself, he chose to go a step further for you and I. He chose to take on the form of a servant. And to come to this earth in the form of a man. Not holy God but in the form of a servant like us to experience what we go through in life. And then verse 8 says that that holy God who emptied himself of being God did something that you and I find it very hard to do every single day of our life. He humbled himself. And that word means he lowered himself beneath everything. He, He left being the king of heaven and humbled himself and became obedient. Man, we don't even like to be obedient to supervisors, to sometimes spouses, to friends, enemies, let alone being a king. And you lower yourself to where ungodly, evil men 
are going to abuse you, malign you, and finally kill you. But he emptied self, emptied all of that, and became like us, but lower. He came as a servant and humbled himself into obedience, even obedience to death, even the death upon the cross. You know, that, that was a hard choice for me. I don't know. But for our Lord, it was easy. He said, I must do this for my creation. I love you that much. And you know what? We might have to come to one day to where that might come upon us. We're in some troublesome times right now with this. And I don't know how it's going to fare out. There's some things on the horizon, I truly believe. And I don't think it's going to be good unless the Lord intervenes. And that's why last week we began talking about prayer for our leaders. But things aren't going to get good. And you know what? One day we might have to make that same choice. The Lord warned His church in Revelation chapter 2. His body of Christ that was dwelling in Smyrna. He said this to them. Do not fear any of those things that you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. That is because you might be tested. And you might have tribulation for ten days. But do this, be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Listen and hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. May you and I become humble, faithful unto death type servants, giving up of ourselves. If we persevere and we hang tight to him like he died for us, he said, the second death will have no part of you. May we persevere to do that. Why does it say about Jesus, though, that he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross? Well, I want you to hear what Galatians chapter 3 has to say, if you want to turn there. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13 says this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become... A curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. You know what? There is no way for you and I to comprehend the enormity of that statement. Cursed is everyone who hangs upon the tree. The love of Christ for you and I led to his obedience of humbling himself, lowering himself to the lowest level and under the submission to vile fleshly men, he was tried and hanged on the tree, being cursed as a criminal with public shame upon the cross. Now, this video is about to end and we're going to go to part two because we have to keep it to 15 minutes. So I implore you to, to go now to, to number two and to finish today's lesson. All right, this is part two now. Sorry we have to do it this way, but this way I at least can get a video to you on Sunday as well. But uh, listen again to what Galatians 3.13 says. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs upon the tree. The love of Christ was such 
that he not only thought that it wasn't something to be grasped onto of being holy God. But because of my vile sin and flesh nature, he said, I have to provide a way. And he not only took off the robe and the crown and stepped off the throne, but he humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death upon the cross for me. And then it said he became cursed for me. He took my sin, the sinless son of God who came from being God, whose essence cannot stand darkness. And he came and became a servant and became flesh. And then he took. He was sinless until he went to that cross. But to pay my debt, he had to humble himself even even to the death on the cross and be cursed and take my curse upon him so that I might live because he died. And he loved us that much. That is why he came to this earth. And this week is our reflection of why he's going to go to the cross for us. It's because he loved us so much. And he became your sin on that cross so that you might become his righteousness unto God. I want to tell you a little bit more about the mind of Christ that I can't fathom. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says this. That you and I are to look to Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who? This is what. You want to know what, what caused him to stay on that cross and not come down off of it? It was said that he could have called 10,000 angels. They were wagging their heads at him and saying, If you are the Son of God, why don't you save yourself and come down off of that cross? You know why he didn't? Because he couldn't then save us. You know what held him to that cross? Listen to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. This is what held our Lord upon the cross. We look to him, the author and finisher of our faith. Who? For the joy... That was set before him. Endured the cross. The thought. Of providing salvation for us. And taking our sins upon him. Was the joy. That was set before him. So that you and I. Have the hope of eternal life. He endured the cross. Because he could see to the other side. And the joy that it would bring to everyone who would believe in him. That held him through to endure the beatings, the spitting, the vile words, the wagging of the tongues, the pain, the misery, the separation from God when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He endured it. Because the sight of you and I and forgiveness was the joy that was set before him. He thought of us in joy as my sins was being imputed into him. 
The joy of salvation was the motivation that held the Lord on the cross. And he endured everything for that. He kept his eyes fixed upon the prize. Knowing that if I get through this, I have the prize. You and I were the prize. Salvation is the, 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 the prize of all. We are to follow his example. Paul said, I am following the example of Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Paul said this. This one thing I do now. I forget about those things which are behind me. In other words, I forget about my vile past. I forget about everything that I've done. I forget and look away from the things that I, I forgot those things which are behind. And I reach forward towards those things which are ahead. I press onward towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And he followed that example of Christ ever since the day he got knocked off of his horse on the road of Damascus. In Acts chapter 20, he was going to Jerusalem not knowing what his fate would be. And there he called for the Ephesian elders and they come and gathered around him. And he said unto them, My spirit is bound to go to Jerusalem and I know not what is going to happen to me except this, that the Holy Spirit has bore witness unto me that trial and tribulation is, is going to raise its ugly head because of my testimony for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be in chains and tribulation. That's what awaits me. But then he said this, but you know what? None of those things move me. Nor do I count my life dear unto myself. I struggled with that one when I came across it because most of us, at least I do, consider my life pretty dear in my family so I said forgive me Lord help me to be more to where my life is for you and he says I am not counting my life dear unto myself anymore so that now here's why we don't so that I might finish my race with joy if Christ would have considered his own life joy, then he wouldn't have been able to endure. If we consider our own life joy, if Paul did, he wouldn't have went to Jerusalem not knowing what awaited him in fate and in chains and tribulation and ultimately his head taking from his body. We have to come to a point to where my life is no longer dear to me because of the testimony of the gospel of the grace of God. Paul says I don't hold my life dear. But I empty myself for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I would not be able to do that. If the trials of faith made me miserable and afraid of what would happen to me. I count it as nothing. It's a joy that was set before me just as we were the joy set before the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4, Paul goes on. He's telling Timothy this. He says, my race is now almost over. I've almost made it, Timothy. And there's going to be people around you who are not going to want to endure sound doctrine. They're going to gather together like itchy-eared people. They only want teachers and preachers and people to tell them what they want to hear. 
They don't want to endure sound doctrine. They think more of their self than being humbled themselves into obedience. Like the Lord humbled himself even under obedience as the king. He said they're not going to humble themselves. They're going to want to hear the words that says I can do and be what I want to do. And I don't have to follow these. And he says don't fall into that trap. Don't count yourself as dear. But run the race. They will not endure sound doctrine. But they will heap the teachers unto themselves. And turn from the truth unto fables. But you. Don't be like that. Be watchful in all things. Endure your afflictions. And follow my example. For I am ready he said to be poured out now. See he's following the same example of Jesus isn't he. He emptied himself and he is now being poured out, he says, like a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. And I have kept the faith. And therefore, the Lord, the righteous judge, is going to give unto me that day the crown of life. And not only to me, but unto everyone who loves his appearing. And folks, that's what we have to be in this time of trouble and whatever's going to beset us going forward. Our lives are going to have to not become so dear to us as that we would hold on to it instead of holding on to truth and to Jesus and to run the race and finish the course and keep the faith and receive that crown of righteousness. Remember it said, look to Jesus who was the author and the finisher of our faith, how he did it. So, Christ did it so that he could pay my debt. To forgive my sins so that they are justly forgiven. And we can receive eternal life in Christ. And that was the joy that was beset before him. That is why he left the heavenly realm. And thought it not all honor and glory to be God. But to come to earth for his creation. Nothing here then that is so much more marvelous and wonderful he was in such a position if he did that for us there is nothing here on this earth that is worth holding on to if you're not a child of God make that change today the Lord came and died and left heaven for you You were the joy set before him that you might hear these words of the gospel and believe in him. The king of kings and lord of lords. He defeated death. He arose again the victor over the dark domain. He now lives forever. Death he overcame because he arose. He arose. Hallelujah. Christ arose. And you will too. If you go to him in faith, you believe in this Christ who is the Son of God, and when we're able to meet together and you're baptized to show that that confession of that faith that you have made into Him, but until then you're there because you have believed and right now there's not a way for you to do it maybe, but you can get a hold of us. Those who are in Christ, let His mind be in you this week. Think of the joy that is set before us, that heavenly realm. Think of that that was the joy that was set before him. The joy that we could join him one day. We are his bride and he's going to come back and get us. Let our minds be set this week. Read the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. 
just the last three chapters of each each one of them this week as you're Berean. The the last week of Jesus as he went to the cross and died and arose again. That's what this week represents. May our mind be set there. May our mind be set on being faithful to him. May our minds be set upon the joy that awaits us after the persecution of this world. During this time of trial of viruses and quarantines, may our minds be set on the joy of heaven. The wonderful gift of eternal life that is ours because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords decided that you were worth it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much that he didn't think that it was robbery to be God and to enjoy that for himself and to be praised and worshipped but not to give his creation the opportunity to be forgiven, to have eternal life, and to be with him in that paradise of heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for convicting our hearts. Thank you, Word of God, for being alive and powerful. Father, may we always... Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and keep our minds focused on the joy that is set before us through him, through your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Ray, if you're ready, we need a song to... Close this out with, buddy, all right? You got one ready for us? Okay. Let her rip. Thank you. Everybody, new life, know that you are loved. Let's stay together. Let's stay strong in the spirit and the power of his might. Be of good courage. Do not let fear grip a hold of you. Walk strong, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Walk strong. And I pray that you have a great week.
In the name of Jesus, amen.